let's uh, seek the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for all that we've heard this morning. Thank you that your love to us is boundless, endless ocean, never be exhausted. Lord, we want to love you with all our hearts, even the first and the greatest commandment. Grant us each grace, Lord, to do that one thing. We thank you for your word, Lord, uh, a treasure that uh, the depths of which uh, we have not known nor exhausted. We thank you, Lord, for such riches. Pray you grant us grace, each one, to, to revel in it, Lord, to value it, to love it, to conform our hearts and lives to it, Lord. We, we look to you. We give you thanks. Lord, for his word. I feel like I wear hip waders when I'm standing at this pulpit. Yeah. Just, <laughs> I know what's wrong with it. It's got this piece of wood there that's a little too high up. It makes things worse for me. Nonetheless, let's... Uh... Thank you, Martin, for... Uh... Teaching thus far in Ephesians, I've been uh, edified, uh, thinking about uh, especially that uh, verse in verse 11, uh, wherefore remember. I've been a Christian now for 35 years and sometimes your past life can fade into the distance and you can forget. How terrible a person uh, you really were. And uh, I don't believe you should remain that way. But uh, as it were, without Christ, how bad uh, we are. And even worse, when you become a religious person, looking down on others. Somehow thinking that you're different. (laughs) And uh, what a thing to remember. So much uh, there that he is our peace. So we're going to delve into chapter 3. Don't know how far I'll get. Um, Let's read that uh, section there, chapter 3. For this cause, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, if you've heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you, word, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore in few words, whereby when you read, you understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel, whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God, given unto me by the effectual working of his power. Unto me who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ, 
to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. According to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. Wherefore I desire that ye faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and height, and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. For this cause, Paul says, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ for you Gentiles. It seems that for some people, Paul going to prison was God kind of dropping the ball. If you were in charge, would that be in your plans to have your, if I could say, main man, the man who is given the charge of preaching to the Gentiles, Jesus Christ commissioning him him, himself, and then he goes to jail. A lot of people would have thought, hmm, I think uh, God dropped the ball there. But it was in God's plan, and the word of God was not bound. And Paul, he could have perhaps avoided prison, avoided persecution even, um, if he'd have made a couple slight adjustments to his uh, teaching and practice, but he, he didn't do that. He, he was unapologetic in his preaching uh, to the Gentiles and his maintaining of the gospel. It was when the the gospel first emerged, um, there would have been perhaps no distinction in the Jewish camp, and as the gospel was going out to the Jews, everybody was happy. Uh, And then the gospel came to the Gentiles, and there was a camp inside uh, the Jewish church that started to think, hmm. What are we going to do with this? (laughs) And they started to say, well, fine, if the Gentiles are going to be included, then, uh, but they have to be circumcised. They have to keep the law of Moses and they have to do all that. And Paul basically said, no, no, that is. And there were other, uh, others of um, Jewish believers that said, no, this is not the will of God. And thus started Paul's um, uh, issues with not only his Jewish brethren, but with, um, yeah, specifically with them who stirred up, as it were, the Gentiles and caused him to be arrested. So if you look at uh, Acts uh, 
Chapter 1, verse 6, when the Lord's going back to heaven, even his own disciples said, certainly at this time you're going to restore the kingdom to Israel. And the Lord said, "Uh, it's not for you to know. He didn't say yes or no, he just said it's not for you to know. And from Acts chapter 2 to Acts chapter 7, the church is Jewish, going out into the Jewish world and they would think, wow, this is fantastic. And then the Samaritans are included. <clears throat> Philip goes and he preaches to the Samaritans. And then they heard that Samaria had received the word of God, and there doesn't seem to be that much kerfuffle uh, with the Jewish church over that. You think there would be, but there wasn't. And then we come to Acts chapter 10, if you want to turn there. Acts chapter 10. Now we all know the story. Um, A devout man, a, a Gentile, Cornelius, he's... He's serving God as a Gentile, a believer in God, and he uh, has a visitation from an angel saying, go uh, send for Peter. And Peter has this revelation, uh, unbeknownst to uh, Cornelius before that, of a sheet coming down with all these unclean and clean animals in it, and that's in uh, verses 9 through through 22 and God is saying to Peter all these animals he says arise kill and eat and he said not so Lord nothing unclean has ever passed my lips and in verse 15 he says what God hath cleansed that call not thou common And then something I'd never, uh, it's been there the whole time, but I just noticed it last time I read. This was done three times to uh, nail home, as it were, with uh, Peter, that this was something that God had determined. And he was changing something. And then he applies it to uh, these men. And he, the Holy Ghost says, uh, I have sent them, go, go with him. And then he goes into his house, and he, there's many other Gentiles there. And he preaches the gospel to them in, in uh, verse 34 through 43. <clears throat> and in verse 44, while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. <clears throat> And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. Hearing them speak with tongues just like they did on the day of Pentecost. But even with all of that, then um, Peter gets into trouble. In uh, 11.2, it says, And when Peter was come up to Jerusalem, they that were of the circumcision contended with him, saying, You went into, you went us into men uncircumcised and did us eat with them. And Peter defends God, as it were, and it was hard for them to accept that uh, this was changing. And it was by the decree of God. Because there had been a long history um, of Jewish animosity. And it was, um, you could say, ordained of God. That God would put a separation between the Jews and the Gentiles. But I think people added to that problem. We all are familiar with Jonah, who despised the thought of Gentiles being converted, and he made it known to God. He wasn't afraid 
of uh, going there. He, the whole thought that Gentiles would be converted, he was, uh, yeah, he just hated that thought. And he was angry about it. <laughs> Amazing. Turn to First uh, Thessalonians two sixteen. First Thessalonians. So back when you move further on in the book of Acts, you find that um, there begins to be a division in, uh, amongst the Jewish believers that the Gentiles had to be circumcised to keep the law of Moses. And then the Jerusalem council happened and this caused a rift uh, in the church. First Thessalonians two sixteen. <clears throat> and down in verse um, yeah. Start reading in verse fourteen. For ye brethren became followers of the churches of God which were in Jude- which in Judea are in Christ Jesus. For ye also have suffered like things of your own countrymen, even as they have of the Jews, who both killed the Lord Jesus and their own prophets, and have persecuted us, and they please not God, and are contrary to all men, forbidding us to speak to the Gentiles that they might be saved, to fill up their sins always, for the wrath is come upon them to the uttermost." Even the Jewish unbelievers, they were envious that the gospel was going to the Gentiles. And especially when Paul was um, the one, uh, a faithful Jew. Turn over to Acts chapter 22. And Paul never turned from this at the command of Christ Jesus. Acts chapter 22. Paul is uh, going along preaching to the Gentiles. There were rumblings amongst the Jews. Everywhere where he went, they would stir up the crowd and try to uh, prevent Paul, as he says there in 1 Thessalonians forbidding them to speak to the Gentiles uh, that they might be saved. In Acts 22, and we'll read down to 14 for the sake of time. And the God of our fathers hath chosen thee, that's Paul, that thou shouldest know his will, and see that just one, and should us hear the voice of his mouth. <clears throat> For thou shalt be his witness unto all men of what thou hast seen and heard. And now why tarriest thou arise and be baptized and wash thy, away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord? And it came to pass that when I was come again to Jerusalem, even while I prayed in the temple, I was in a trance. And saw him saying unto me, Make haste and get thee quickly out of Jerusalem, for they will not receive thy testimony concerning me. And I said, Lord, they know not that I am imprisoned and beat in every synagogue them that believed on thee. And when the blood of thy martyr Stephen was shed, I also was standing by and consenting unto his death and kept the raiment of them that slew him. And he said unto me, Depart, for I will send thee far hence unto the Gentiles. And he is standing on the steps of the Antonio Fortress, preaching to these Jews in Hebrew. And then when he said that, they just, that's it. (laughs) And they gave audience to this word, and they lifted up their voices and said, Away with such a fellow from the earth, for it is not fit that he should live. They just, the whole thought of God sending him to the Gentiles, they just, yeah, 
They were filled with wrath. And even the Lord Jesus in his hometown, he was preaching to them. And then when he mentioned that the Lord, there was many widows in Israel in the days uh, of Elisha. And he was sent to none of them, but to a widow in Zarephath. And there were many lepers in Israel in the days of Elijah. And none of them were healed, but Naaman the Syrian. And when they said, they were filled with wrath. Why? Because God, he picked out of their scriptures that God was interested in humble Gentiles. They were filled with wrath, pride and a national pride that ignored uh, God's heart to reach the Gentile world. And Paul was, at that point, uh, arrested and he was cast into prison for that, for that very thing. Turn to Acts 25, verse 24. And Festus said, King Agrippa and all men which are here present with us, ye see this man about whom all the multitudes of the Jews have dealt with me, both at Jerusalem and also here, crying he ought not to live any longer. But when I I found that I had committed nothing worthy of death and that he himself had appealed to Augustus, I've determined to send him. Paul could have, as some did, continued to preach circumcision for the Gentiles, because some did, continue to say that Gentiles had to conform to Judaism, and the persecution would have ceased. He says that so much in the book of Galatians, that if um, they preached circumcision to the Gentiles so that they didn't be persecuted for the cross of Christ, But that wasn't the plan of God. Um, As far as Jews are concerned, sure, keep the Sabbath and keep all the food laws and circumcision for your children. But to know that that wasn't going to set you right with God. But certainly God had um, closed all of that door for the Gentiles. They didn't have to keep all those things. And it's amazing that most of the Sabbath keepers today are probably Gentiles. They're people that yeah, think that this is really the will of God, that they as Gentiles should uh, do all these things. And it just simply is not. In Acts 15, it tells you what we ought to keep uh, from the law as Gentiles. So Paul becomes a prisoner, and then he appeals to Caesar And he is kept in prison because he um, was preaching to the Gentiles that they can be saved and they can trust in Christ and they can and have been incorporated into into the church. And Jew and Gentile is one. And many Jews just couldn't accept that. They could agree, yes, the scripture does teach that God um, uh, will reach out to the Gentiles. Yep, I could concede that. But them included in the people of God, then, yeah, many would have trouble with that whole idea. But Paul um, revealed it's the, the will of God as we studied last time in Ephesians 2, that he has made the two one. And he uses that illustration of a man, because a man is indivisible. You can't have half a man. Cut yourself in half and you die. (laughs) That's why he uses it. To make one man... uh, emblematic of a nation out of Israel or out of Egypt I called my son Israel personified as a man and now he took two men as it were Gentiles and Jews and made them one man and reconciled them both 
to God. <clears throat> so Paul was cast in prison for, it says, for you Gentiles. <clears throat> if you've heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me for you, to you word, <clears throat> verse 2. And a dispensation is simply a um, time period, but more so a different dealing or dealing out of the grace of God. Now, salvation has always been by grace. There's no time in the history of the world when there's been um, God is saving people by their works. I know some people... I remember arguing with a guy at a Baptist church that, yeah, in the Old Covenant, God, he saved people by works. And, of course, in those days, it wasn't like I just kind of walked away. It was, okay, let's get out the hammer and the chisels and see if we can pound away at this guy. And, uh, yeah, nope. See, it says right here in Ezekiel, and he got these passages that uh, he would, it's just not true. God uh, saved Noah by grace, and he has always saved by grace. But there is, I believe, two dispensations. When God expected his people to live by these, if I could say, rules or principles, and in the new covenant, then that has changed, because I have bacon uh, a lot of mornings. And uh, if you read the Old Covenant, you see I'd be cursed for eating swine's flesh if that was still a commandment. And many other things that we won't go into, uh, keeping the Sabbath. And you were stoned for working on the Sabbath day under the Old Covenant. Uh, So I'm thinking there's a lot of brothers here that would work on a Saturday. They try and avoid it, but they would work on the Sabbath day. So all of these things, God has changed for Gentiles. And he has so aligned the church that those two groups of people that lived in that strict adherence to the law could come to faith and live together as one in the same church. Now, there was things that, as Gentiles, you needed to do if there were Jewish people around and, yeah, encouraging them to eat ham sandwiches was not the way. <laughs> uh, which, yeah, some people still try. You've got one person that's trying to keep the Sabbath, and then you've got another person that's trying to give them a ham sandwich. It would be uh, pretty confusing for them, uh, no doubt. <clears throat> but, uh, th- so you've got two dispensations. And Paul is... Um, dispensing, as it were, uh, dealing out the grace of God by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's the only way God dispenses grace, by faith. He doesn't dispense it through any rituals. I grew up as a Roman Catholic, and the Catholic Church taught that you would get grace by keeping the sacraments. And there are seven sacraments. And if you kept those sacraments, you would get grace from God. That's false. The only way you have grace from God is through the gospel, through faith, believing in Christ Jesus. And then he dispenses the grace of God uh, to you. He gives it freely. And it was given um, to Paul that revelation to dispense in the world. And it was for, not just for the Jews, but it was uh, for the the Gentiles as well. Verse 3, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery as I wrote a four in few words. And uh, we read there in Acts 10 that Peter had that revelation. Uh, 
um, of the sheet coming down from heaven, and God was using all of that background as a Jew about not eating this and not eating that to reveal to him that God had changed in his view between Jew and Gentile, that they could be one people, and that was, it needed a revelation from God for Peter to be moved away from that. Turn to Galatians chapter 1. Galatians chapter 1 and verse 11. But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. So Paul... uh, as he goes on to say, he was excelled in the Jewish religion. He kept the law perfectly. Of course, he didn't keep the moral law perfectly, but in terms of all the other commandments, the um, ceremonies and everything else, he was blameless. And the gospel that God was reaching out to the Gentiles and including them in the people of God, he needed a revelation from heaven to change his mind. And and he got that. And in Galatians, the the big deal was that there were some... Judaizers that went around telling the Gentiles you had to be circumcised to keep the law of Moses or you can't be saved. That's basically Acts chapter 15. And Paul says the opposite to the Gentile. If you are being circumcised to follow Christ, he says you cut yourself off from grace. And Paul was a minister of the grace of God. So for the Gentiles to go back and start observing days and months and years and food laws and everything for Gentiles, that was anathema. He says, if you do that, if you are circumcised, I tell every man that is circumcised that he is a debtor to do the whole law. Christ is become of no effect to you, whosoever you are justified by the law, ye are fallen from grace. Strong words. But Paul came into direct opposition with his Jewish brethren about this very thing. And wherever he went, these men would come along and tell them, yeah, Paul's just gone too far. He's, uh, and you could see how they would talk up and they would go to the law and they would say it's an everlasting covenant, and they would go on and on. And yet, uh, the revelation of God is that he was, uh, he changed all that. <clears throat> Acts 13, uh, 47. Indeed, it was the, uh, the plan of God from the beginning Acts thirteen forty seven. <clears throat> we'll start reading in verse forty six. <clears throat> and it's an angry Jewish uh, opposition here. In verse forty six, then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold and said, "It is necessary that the word of God should first have been spoken to you, but seeing you put it from you." And judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, so we turn to the Gentiles. For so hath the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set thee to be a light of the Gentiles, that thou shouldest be for salvation unto the ends of the earth. That's from Isaiah 49.6. It's quoted from there. It was always God's plan that Israel, out of Israel, would come the light uh, for the Gentiles. 
specifically the Lord Jesus and then his messengers. Uh, Paul and Barnabas were his messengers, a light to the Gentiles. That was a revelation to them that God was including the Gentile people in the commonwealth, the nation of Israel. They were no longer outsiders. And it was be so hard for uh, some Jews to accept that. <clears throat> so the Gentiles were glad when they heard that. And the word of the Lord was published throughout all that region. But the Jews stirred up devout and honorable women and the chief men of the city and raised persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them out of their coasts. Again, that opposition uh, against that message. They didn't want, uh, some didn't want Gentiles at all, and other people, mm, there was a lot of friction between, and they figured that the Gentiles should be uh, circumcised and keep the law of Moses. Paul held firm against all of those things, even though he had much dissension and uh, trouble with that. Turn back to Ephesians 3. So the apostles specifically had revelations from God about Gentile inclusion. As he wrote before in a few words, so he has mentioned it uh, in the previous two chapters here, that the Gentiles are um, now included in the people of God, I believe in one ten, it hints at that, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in in one All things in Christ Jesus, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. And then he goes on and mentions it specifically in chapter 2. That uh, the Gentiles were, before they were outside of the commonwealth of Israel. But now, uh, through Christ Jesus, they've been brought uh, nigh unto God. Verse 4, whereby when you read, ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. So Paul was given revelation. The apostles all would have taught the same thing. There wouldn't have been a disagreement among them. There may have been a disagreement in practice as we see uh, what happened to Peter. A slight uh, slip up there that Paul reproved him openly for separating himself from the Gentiles. But uh, Paul had understanding in the mystery of Christ. I know I I usually have a number in my mind because when you read the New Testament, you find out there are several mysteries. And at first I thought there's three. And then I read, "Mm, no, there's four. Um, no, there's five. <laughs> and I was felt, found five specific meanings for the word mystery in the New Testament. And so it's good to know which mystery he's speaking of. It, sp- it spells it out there for us exactly in verse 5. But I thought it would be good to have those all in our minds that we could, when we read different contexts, it's talking about a different mystery. And... If you look in the dictionary, a modern dictionary, under the word mystery, you'll find something that uh, can't be known. What was that, Brent? Oh, <laughs> I thought you were saying time's up or something like that. <laughs> no? Okay. Is that clock right, speaking of time's up? Okay, all right. Um... <clears throat> 
So if you look up in the modern dictionary, mystery would be something that you can't understand. And, you know, murder, mysteries, and all of these things, it's something that nobody understands. But a mystery um, in the New Testament primarily is about something that was not revealed before, but is now made known. Now, there is an aspect of something that goes beyond human understanding, and we'll talk about that. It isn't just carte blanche. It means uh, something that was easy to understand, but wasn't revealed. And that, uh, so you'll see when we get there. Romans 11.25. We'll just read those verses. Romans eleven twenty-five. For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest we should be wise in our own conceits, that blindness in part is happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. Some Gentiles were becoming proud, think, hey, he set aside those Jews, gave them the boot, now we're in, and Paul says, wait a minute. This is a temporary blindness, and it's partial. And they were cut off because of unbelief, and you're walked by faith, so don't be high-minded against the Jews. Remember where you came from. The Christian church has Jewish roots. Some the Catholic church went off the rails completely uh, with this whole idea saying that the Jews killed Jesus and they're culpable and all kinds of nonsense. It was the plan of God. But it is partial because many Jews believed and still believe today, but it's temporary. That is a mystery that Paul uh, reveals. Blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. And we'll, we won't even delve into what that means. Because we'll get bogged down uh, more than we need to. Uh, Romans 16.25 <clears throat> Now unto him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery which is kept secret since the world began. But now is made manifest by the scriptures of the prophets according to the commandment of the everlasting God, made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. I believe this is Gentile inclusion, that the the mystery was that the Gentiles are being included Because it says, known to to all nations for the obedience of faith. That was kept hidden. There was hints at it in the Old Testament. But Paul, uh, through the revelation that Paul and the apostles were given, the Gentiles were now included in the people of God. They weren't just a separate people here. Um, so you had Jew and Gentile, which you still have, but they were all one man and reconciled to God. That's different than to, uh, you can stay outside the camp, but you know, we're Jews and God still uh, favors us above you. And all that mindset uh, died uh, in Christ Jesus. 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15. Try and move quickly through these. Behold, uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 51. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trump shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed what's known as the rapture, Um, the catching away of the church, the translation of those that are still alive in Christ Jesus when he returns. He says, I show you a mystery. This is going to happen. It was something that was hidden, 
It's now revealed. But this has got nothing to do with Gentile, Jew. This is, but it, he calls it uh, a mystery, which it was, and is now revealed. <clears throat> Ephesians 5.22 Ephesians 5.22. Well, no, it's not the right scripture. 32. 32. Okay. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church, that the church is members of Christ Jesus, Paul says, is a a great uh, mystery. Then... Colossians chapter 1 and verse 26. Colossians 1, 26. <clears throat> now this one is Gentile inclusion, but he adds something here that is also a uh, revelation of the mystery. Colossians 1, 26. In verse 25, for context, whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you, that's Gentiles, to fulfill the word of God, even the mystery, which hath been hid from ages, from generations, but now is made manifest to the saints. Well, that's very similar to the language in our chapter there. To whom God would make known what is the riches of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So the indwelling of Christ was something that was previously um, a mystery, but has now been revealed in the gospel, the coming of Christ Jesus to live in the heart. Um, Christ revealed that to his apostles, and then on the day of Pentecost, it became a reality. So Gentiles and Christ in you, uh, previously a mystery, but uh, now revealed. In Colossians 2.2, just a few verses uh, later, in the same book, uh, Different mystery, same word. <clears throat> Colossians 2.2 2, That their hearts may be comforted, being knit t- together in love, and to all the riches of the full assurance of understanding, to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God, and of the Father, and of Christ. And this is the mystery of God, is the what we would call the truth about the Trinity. Even though it's not a biblical word, um, uses the word Godhead. The truth that Christ um, is the very God, the God-Man. And that is the mystery uh, that is revealed under the New Covenant. Colossians 4.3 <clears throat> In Colossians 2, 9, 2, 9, it says, For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. That was a mystery and is now revealed. Colossians 4, 3. <clears throat> in the same book, then, With all praying also for us that God would open a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I also am in bonds. I believe that's the mystery of Gentile inclusion. Preaching the gospel that the Gentiles are included. So in the same book, you got the mystery of God, which is the truth about the Godhead. Christ was very God, the fullness of God revealed in human flesh. And there, the mystery of Christ. Paul was a prisoner for that. He says, "I'm for which I am also... In bonds. So that is the, the mystery uh, of Christ. So that's five different mysteries. 
<clears throat> and then to reinforce that last one, turn to 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 9. And some people don't accept this even today. There's been, the devil has pounded on this whole fact about Christ Jesus being the God-man. He, he just introduces all kinds of false doctrine about that. And 1 Timothy 3 verse 9. <clears throat> Again, that's the, the wrong verse. Yeah, well, it's the wrong verse because I'm in Second uh, Timothy. <laughs> yeah, First Timothy three sixteen, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. And then he tells you what that is: God was manifest in the flesh. That is the mystery that is revealed, and it's. That God was manifest in the flesh. <clears throat> in uh, three nine of First uh, Timothy as well, that a deacon was to hold the mystery of the faith in a pure conscience. He was to be preaching that Jesus was God come in the flesh, and to divert from that was to disqualify them from being a minister in the church of God. That's so basic that uh, we would hold to that key doctrine. If you don't have Christ come in the flesh as the very God, then the whole Christian church falls uh, to the ground. Turn back to Ephesians chapter 3. Then you have there in the New Testament five mysteries the one that specifically uh, is before us now is this one about um, Gentile inclusion. <clears throat> Verse 5, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. <clears throat> So it was, as I said before, we'll just look at one, uh, Isaiah 11. The fact that Gentiles would be, uh, are on God's radar for salvation, the Jews would freely admit. But included with all the same privileges and all receiving the Spirit and everything, they would start to, some would, would start to get nervous. <clears throat> Isaiah 11.10. <clears throat> and in that day there shall be a root of Jesse, that day's already come, which shall stand for an ensign of the people. To it the Gentiles, to it shall the Gentiles seek and his rest shall be glorious. There's many, many, many verses in the Old Testament talk about Gentiles looking to Christ and to Messiah. Uh, but this whole matter of them being one man, oh, that was a revelation that uh, God needed to give to his holy apostles and prophets. We saw there with Peter and Paul and all the apostles would have been united in this whole thing. <clears throat> that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. That is the mystery that Paul is writing about here in Ephesians. <clears throat> And the apostles at the time were the dispensers of it. So the church devoted themselves to the apostles' doctrine. There was no, and they were, again, would write that new revelation and it would unfold that uh, the Gentiles are now uh, included in the people of God. 
And aren't you glad? It says then that they should be fellow heirs. And of the same body, there's that uh, illustration of a man and partakers of his promise. Turn to uh, Genesis chapter 12. Because these are our promises as well. Genesis chapter 12. Because now that the Gentiles are... are in the faith of Abraham, they are in line for the reception of these promises. <clears throat> Genesis 12, 2. And I will make thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curses thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Now, specifically, that promise was of Christ Jesus. Paul makes that clear in Galatians chapter 3, that uh, in his seed being Christ, singular, and through him we're blessed. That's uh, the, the promise of God fulfilled in uh, In Abraham. <clears throat> so specifically in Gen, uh, Genesis 12.3, in him all the families of the earth would be blessed. That's us. We're part of those families of the earth. Um, he was also promised that his uh, posterity would be as the stars of heaven and as the sand that's on the seashore, obviously hyperbole, but... Um, This was all when he had no child. So it was saying that, Abraham, you're going to be also the father of many nations. Physically, and he was the father of many nations. Spiritually, that God would include uh, the Gentiles. So all these Abrahamic blessings have come upon the Gentiles through faith in Jesus Christ. And then we'll turn to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. So even though we're not in the physical line of Abraham, uh, we are in the spiritual line. We're not Jews, but we are... Brought in to be heirs. First <clears throat> Corinthians three twenty one. We'll start reading. Therefore, let no man glory in men, for all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or things present. Or things to come, all are yours, and ye are Christ, and Christ is God's. <laughs> he just takes, there's nothing that isn't yours. <laughs> he just mounts this massive mountain of things that are yours. Things present, things to come, life or death, the world. We're all your ministers. There's no use fighting about this one over that. It's And you're Christ, and Christ is God's. You've got everything. Even if you have nothing, you have everything if you have Christ Jesus. That's uh, how much you, how rich you are as an heir of God. There is nothing that you do not have. Everything that Christ owns, you'll own. The meek um, shall inherit the earth. Well, we'll end there. It's a convenient place to stop. 
Verse 7, where I've always made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God, given unto me by the effectual working of his power. Reminded that the work of God, for many people the gospel is a matter of um, academics, if I could say that. That might be a little harsh. But a lot of people, you know, Okay, Christ Jesus died for sinners. I'm a sinner. Check the boxes and boom, boom, boom. And you get to the bottom. It's like a math question. But Paul says it was the effectual working of his power. The gospel is way more than just sins forgiven. It's uh, a changed life. Now, there is a battle, as Dave had mentioned uh, this morning. But the battle can be won. I loved, uh, was it Dave, you mentioned something about, I can't remember if you were praying or whether you were up here, about Jesus taking the whip and getting them out of the temple, like your thought, any bad thoughts? Nope, you can't be in here. I, yeah, just picture that Jesus going throughout the temple, just, and he was hitting people with that whip, not just the animals, just get these people out of here. And that's what we can do. Uh, He cleansed the temple and he has given us the power, effectual power, to cleanse our minds through the grace of God and through the gospel of God.